You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us. A lot to talk about this week is the aftermath of the Mueller report, the shady dossier, another version of it, as I like to call it, targeting President Trump. Uh, we'll be talking about what next and how Judicial Watch has taken the lead already in investigating the investigators. Plus, we have a new astonishing details about the Clinton email cover-up and why it occurred, uh, something that is exclusive, again, to Judicial Watch as a result of Judicial Watch doing the heavy lifting in court to get you the truth and accountability on Hillary Clinton's misdeeds. Uh, First up, and I guess I'll start with Hillary Clinton, is that, uh, remember, the Mueller investigation, the Russia hoax, the Justice Department focus on targeting President Trump, breaking all the rules to do so, beginning during the campaign, continuing through as recently as the Mueller report. And obviously it continues now with the House Democrats, the harassment of President Trump. All of that has been designed, in my view, to protect Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama from the consequences of uh, their misconduct, uh, specifically on the Hillary email issue. Uh, Remember, at the same time that the Justice Department was breaking the rules to target President Trump, they were bending over backwards and, again, breaking the rules to protect Hillary Clinton. So you had the Clinton email issue uh, metastasizing during the campaign. They needed to cut that off. One way to do that was to focus on creating this fraud narrative that President Trump was uh, an agent of Putin. You know, my view is if uh, the less view is, why go with a small lie when a big lie will do? And so the big lie was, and of course it was a lie helped along uh, by Hillary Clinton, we'll talk about that more, is that Trump was uh, somehow in cahoots with Russia. And that wasn't the case. And the Mueller report has cleared that up. But in the meantime, thanks to Judicial Watch, and only to Judicial Watch, The Justice Department, the Deep State, the State Department has not been able to avoid having to grapple still with the Clinton email issue. It's because Judicial Watch and, frankly, the courts have been interested in getting accountability. Now, just in the last few months alone, and I talked about this in another video with my colleague Bill Marshall, who's one of our senior investigators, the courts have gotten active in trying to get information about the Clinton email scandal. Judge Royce Lamberth, the U.S. District Court judge here in the District of Columbia, federal court judge, who was overseeing our Benghazi, yes, Benghazi Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, that's the case that caused the Justice Department and the State Department to fess up that it had the Clinton emails. He wants to know whether or not Hillary Clinton's email system was designed to thwart the Freedom of Information Act, the law that holds the government accountable, whether they were trying to hoodwink the court, and whether or not there are other emails out there that need to be searched as according as, as the Federal Freedom of Information Act requires. He also wants to know whether Benghazi, the Benghazi cover-up, was one of the reasons the State Department, Hillary Clinton and Justice Department and all the rest, didn't want to tell the court or the American people or Judicial Watch about the emails. They didn't want people to know Uh, about the emails because they might start asking 
whether there were Benghazi-related materials in there. So as a result of him having those questions, the court has authorized Judicial Watch to conduct evidentiary discovery, which means that we're able to take our attorneys, go in, uh, we've, uh, we have witnesses coming in, uh, being deposed under oath, questioned under oath by our attorneys. Other individuals have to answer written questions to us, interrogatories under oath, and obviously documents and other things having, are, ha are having to be presented to Judicial Watch in this discovery process, which is going on now. We've already deposed Justin Cooper. Justin Cooper is the uh, Clinton Foundation official. I don't think he's still at the Clinton Foundation, but he's certainly part of Clinton world still, uh, who set up the email server in partnership with Yuma Abedin. Yes, Yuma Abedin the former Clinton aide campaign official who had an email account on that system as well while working at the State Department. So those were other records that were hidden. We also deposed Jake Sullivan, a top official at the State Department. Uh, I think it was just last week our attorneys flew up to New Hampshire to question him under oath. And as I said before, other information has come to us as a result of these interrogatory responses, these answers to written questions under oath. And it's in that case, in that specific instance, we received some astonishing information. And who did it come from? It came from uh, Bill Priestep, E.W. Priestep. Now, uh, he goes by Bill. He is the assistant director of the FBI Counterintelligence Division. Uh, I think he just retired, so this may have been one of his final things he had to do at the FBI. So he signed off on these interrogatory questions under oath to Judicial Watch. The responses are about totaling 19 pages to 10 questions. Uh, much, much of the information is, um, much of the space is taken up by the government objecting to our questions. Uh, but that's litigation for you. But pre-step, uh, we had the question about, uh, we wanted to know if the FBI could identify representatives of Hillary Clinton, her former staff, and government agencies from which email repositories were obtained. So going to that issue of where are the emails, we wanted to know where the FBI was able to find the emails that it was presumably trying to find as a result of Hillary Clinton taking 60-plus 60 thousand emails out of the State Department illegally. Yes, illegally. They weren't her documents to take at that time. So don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And then she destroyed or attempted to delete half of those emails, 33,000. So the FBI is forced into having to investigate this as a result of Judicial Watch's public disclosures. So they start asking around to see where these emails are. And in response to this answer question, where are Hillary's emails, they say, well, we found some in the executive office of the president. Yes, Barack Obama's White House was a repository for Hillary Clinton's emails. So if you want to know why Hillary Clinton skated thus far, it's because Barack Obama and his White House are implicated in this scandal. Remember that. Hillary Clinton's emails that she tried to hide or delete from you, the American people, they found at least some of them, it looks like, in Barack Obama's White House. Now, you may recall Barack Obama pretended not to know about Hillary Clinton's email system. Um, and said so as much. And then it came, it came out after that statement that indeed he did know because he was communicating with her. 
And then the Obama White House kind of walked back his comments. So there were at least 20 or so emails, according to reports, of communications between Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. We don't know how many other emails they found in Barack Obama's White House. But that's an astonishing piece of news, don't you think? And on top of that, there's more. Priestip said that they found, because we wanted to know, again, where other emails were. And you may remember that because Yuma Abedin had access to the system, her emails ended up being on the laptop of her husband, or then-husband, Anthony Weiner, who went to prison for sexual-related offenses. And we already know, because Judicial Watch has received the government documents that were found on that system, the Anthony Weiner laptop, that at least 18 emails from Hillary Clinton's email system on Anthony Weiner's laptop were classified. So on top of all the other outrageous violations of the laws protecting classified information, the icing on the cake was some of that classified information was on Anthony Weiner's laptop. And it was Judicial Watch that forced the specific disclosures of that. But one of the other questions has been, how many emails were on Anthony Weiner's laptop? Now, uh, James Comey testified that it may have been upwards of hundreds, they found hundreds of thousands of emails. Now, the big question is, from the time they found the emails in the late 2016 uh, campaign cycle, this is like, I think, late September or August of 2016, to the time uh, of November, uh, just shortly before they said, well, there's nothing here that warranting a reevaluation of the decision to let Hillary Clinton off the hook. How did they evaluate all those emails if there were hundreds of thousands? So the numbers have been all over the place. Well, Mr. Pristip says that they found 49,000 emails on Anthony Weiner's laptop from Hillary Clinton's email system. 49,000. Can you believe it? So remember that when you hear all of Hillary Clinton's, uh, the Hillary Clinton crowd, because that is the crowd still pushing for attacking President Trump. In fact, she had an op-ed this week saying that President Trump would, have been, would be indicted if he weren't president. What chutzpah. Hillary Clinton would have been indicted if she weren't Hillary Clinton. That's pretty clear. And it's not the first time it happened. She skated on the whitewater-related corruption as well. We have the documents that show that. You should go on my Twitter feed, at Tom Fitton. I highlighted that just recently. You'll see the whitewater-related records that show that prosecutors would have indicted Hillary Clinton, certainly for obstruction of justice and perjury, uh, but for the fact that she was too politically popular and the jury might be influenced by that, so they didn't think the prosecution would go anywhere. So by account of her position and name, she was given a get-out-of-jail card by the Star Special Counsel team. Now we know that she was hiding emails, or emails ended up improperly being on Anthony Weiner's laptop that was classified, and they still refused to prosecute her. So we've got Judicial Watch getting 
documents, uh, the, the pre, you know, and, and Judge Lamberth, in granting us the discovery, by the way, he said it was the, let me see what he said. I want to get the quote right. I like when I quote judges to actually quote them accurately. <laughs> it's one of the, as president of Judicial Watch, it's in my best interest to do that. The court ruled that the Clinton email system was, quote, one of the gravest modern offenses to government transparency. That's putting it mildly. And so this discovery, this, this effort is continuing by Judicial Watch. We have more witnesses. We were going to depose several witnesses. We've had several witnesses who we've scheduled to testify under oath, but we've had to delay their testimony because the State Department and Justice Department have been playing games with the underlying documents we need in order to question them. So the gamesmanship and stalling and cover-up continues. And even under this Justice Department, of course, the judge criticized this Justice Department for continuing to try to hoodwink him. He criticized that, them in that decision I talked about last year, December of 2018, just a few months ago. So we're deposing all these witnesses. And typically, when you're deposed, put under oath in civil discovery, they have someone taking a record. They have a court reporter taking a written record. And they also have a video record uh, for, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's typical now these days, there's a video uh, recordation of the deposition. And in theory, they're all public documents. The videos are taken in large measure to provide, uh, uh, because demeanor and other things can only be captured on video. So uh, the government came in and said they don't want those videos out to the public. So we have these Obama officials, these top Clinton officials coming in, being deposed under oath, and you have this Justice Department coming in to protect their interests. And the court, unfortunately, Judge Lamberth agreed with them and said, for now, they're going to be under seal. So the written, worker, the written record will be making available, but that videotape record, which obviously, you know, there are many people who don't read. They don't read the newspapers. They don't go online and read, read documents. They don't want to read a transcript, but they'll watch it. Those people won't be able, those people won't be educated about what we've uncovered. And that's courtesy of this Justice Department and this State Department. So the, steep, the deep state keeps rolling along, and Judicial Watch is always having to push back against it. And we have success in court, but it's over. Uh, it, it's, it requires significant effort on the, on the part of our lawyers, uh, as I say, we have to sue just to get the time of day. And, the, and I know the president, um, I guess he was talking about transparency. I was talking about this with Lou Dobbs the other day on air. It, it, in many ways, it's kind of this dichotomy because the president is remarkably transparent. He tells you what he's thinking. Uh, the left hates that he tweets, but you know what he's thinking. You know what he wants to do because he's putting it all out on the table in his regular public comments and tweeting. But the deep state is not transparent. So the agencies have, uh, the resting state of the deep state is secrecy. Uh, the uh, folks he's appointed uh, don't get it. That transparency is essential to draining the swamp. And to the degree the president wants to intervene, um, 
my perception as you see this with uh, the Mueller and Sessions and Comey. They, he's, not, he's told he's not allowed to be president. Well, you can't fire Comey. You can't fire Sessions. You can't tell the Justice Department what to do. You can't complain about abuses by Mueller's special counsel. You can't complain about the FBI. Well, that's what we elected him to do. I mean, can you imagine if the president said, I want to release all these documents? There would be controversy on that, too. So that's why Judicial Watch has got to go to court to get this information. So we've had the court grant us discovery. We've had these depositions take place. We also had these disclosures just within the last few weeks. We highlighted the fact that of the emails that Hillary Clinton was trying to delete and hide, we found another batch, or at least another batch was presented to us, that contained five more classified emails. So remember, she told us there were no government emails on the documents that she tried to delete or destroy. It was all about yoga and wedding planning or whatever. Well, it turns out there's classified information on that. And Judicial Watch is the one disclosing that to you, the American people. We've had to sue to get that information. And then just, week, it's, just last week, it's worth remembering, the, uh, we received, under, as a result of another Judicial Watch Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, you know, I know a lot of people uh, uh, who are really great talk about all this, right? But Judicial Watch is the only one in court getting the information out. We had sued for the, essentially the investigative files of the Clinton email sham investigation that Comey's FBI and Loretta Lynch's DOJ ran. And we got this document that said, it's the FBI notes of a, uh, an interview evidently they had with Hillary Clinton's email provider at the time, Platte River Networks. And those of you who follow this story, uh, you know, that's going to raise all sorts of alarm bells for you. But literally, they quote them as saying, Hillary cover-up operation work ticket archive cleanup. That is in the email, that is in the FBI notes, talking to Hillary Clinton's email people. Again, I'll say it. Hillary cover-up operation work ticket archive cleanup. So literally, the FBI, in black and white, has documented a cover-up of Hillary Clinton's emails and they couldn't build an obstruction, justice, or destruction of evidence case here? This is Exhibit A in the, corrupt, in the case against the corrupt sham investigation by the FBI and Justice Department. And Attorney General Barr, now that the Mueller storm is over, at least as far as the Justice Department being hijacked by King Mueller, he needs to get on this. You know, and, and I, that, that's a good segue into the whole Mueller report aftermath. And as you know, the Mueller report was... Oh, wait, wait, I want to go back to this. So we've got that document. We've got our discovery, disclosures of a cover-up, confirmation the Obama White House is implicated in the cover-up, all of that. I would love to see, by the way, a Mueller report of how the Obama White House handled the Clinton email issue. Just like we have a Mueller report on how the Trump White House handled Mueller and Sessions and Comey and all of that craziness. It's amazing how President Obama is immune from all this. 
and he ought to be subject to investigation. It's talking about getting back to the Mueller report uh, aftermath. Barack Obama needs to be investigated. Joe Biden needs to be investigated. Susan Rice needs to be investigated. James Comey, Sally Yates, I'll go through the list again. It bears repeating, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Andrew McCabe, John Kerry, John Brennan, James Clapper, Bruce Orr, obviously, the DNC, Fusion GPS. You know, I read Glenn Simpson's testimony. Glenn Simpson testified, I think, to both the House and the Senate. I read it last year, so I'm going on memory. And he was asked, Glenn Simpson runs Fusion GPS. He was the uh, vendor that created the dossier for Hillary Clinton and the DNC. He was asked what he told the people who, hi- who, he, who hired him, Hillary Clinton and people like that. And he took a privilege. I don't know what the privilege is, but they never got the answer. So is Hillary Clinton going to ever be questioned on the dossier? I love the fact that the media is once again paying attention in the aftermath of the Mueller report to the New York Times had a story the other day. Well, maybe the dossier was Russia disinformation designed to make President Trump look bad and disrupt U.S. elections. Whoa! That's what Judicial Watch has been saying for two, three years. It was rather obvious when you look at the dossier that it was Russia misinformation. The Russia intelligence services obviously came up with something and laundered it through Christopher Steele, who had willing accomplices in the FBI and the DOJ to use it as a pretext to target Trump. And rather than protect President Trump or then candidate Trump from that Russia effort to try to destroy him, President Obama allowed his DOJ and FBI to use it to spy on him. That's the scandal of our generation, folks. That's the collusion that needs to be investigated. And the fact that Mueller pretended that wasn't an issue shows you the corruption of the Mueller special counsel operation. I've long said there should be no Mueller report. We need an investigation, not only of the investigators going back to the inception of the investigation or the Spygate effort, we need an investigation of the Mueller special counsel operation that they avoided investigating the obvious, which is, was the dossier as set up by the Russians to get at Trump? And did they have willing accomplices with Hillary Clinton and such? They spent a lot of time talking about Donald Trump Jr. having a meeting with someone who purportedly represented the Russians, although they were actually working with Fusion GPS and Hillary Clinton, about using information from Russia against Hillary Clinton. But they were completely uninterested by the fact and ignored it that Hillary Clinton admitted. Because Christopher Steele, who created the dossier for her, said he used Russian intelligence sources. And they had no problem with that. And that double standard isn't just an omission, it's purposeful and corrupt. So Mueller needs to be investigated as well and his team. And I know uh, Attorney General Barr has promised to kind of look into that. We'll see how aggressive he is. You know, when you listen to radio advertisements, or I should say, you know, I hear them on the radio, maybe you do as well, and you may see them on television, they have sometimes advertisements for financial investments and 
products of that nature. And usually at the end of the advertisement, they say past performance, and they, they have the narrator or the, uh, the advertiser quickly say quickly, uh, past, experience, uh, past performance is no indication of future results. Well, actually, that's probably a, obviously a good caution if you're deciding whether to invest in an investment. But it's a pretty good rule of thumb for politics. Past performance is an indication of future results. And that's why the swamp and the deep state hate President Trump, because he breaks that rule. He ain't your ordinary politician. He, believes it or not, he thinks he's president and should exercise his authority there, there as such. And he should fire, and he thinks, well, I can fire the FBI director because he's corrupt. And they're outraged that he did that because that rule of thumb isn't working for them anymore. They don't know what he's going to do. And they pretend because he does things differently than prior presidents, it's corrupt, as opposed to maybe just getting back to the basics of the presidency, where the president runs things as opposed to the administrative state. And let me be clear, I think the president should be even doing more. But the fact that he's doing just this little bit more in terms of Trying to drain the swamp is just causing outrage. And they're willing to try to put him in jail over it, folks. So I don't know what Attorney General Barr is going to do. Um, he get, I think he, he deserves an A-plus for his handling of the Mueller report. Because certainly you can see, he really, he really blew up the, the, the scheme, it seems to me, the Democrats and the Mueller partisans had uh, in terms of going after President Trump, because I think their view was they were going to release this 448-page report, which I told you you don't have to read uh, because it's, it's a scam, but you can read it if you want to, to prove, if you don't believe me, read it. The first part shows no collusion. The second part shows no obstruction. And that's the report. So Mueller gets this report. He sees 448 pages I know what's going on here. You're just trying to paper the war record, Mueller special counsel. You're, even though exonerating the president fundamentally on collusion, while, pretend, while refusing to acknowledge he didn't obstruct, you put a bunch of material in there to suggest that he did. I'm not going to let that go out until I review it fully, and I'm going to get out the full, the basic conclusions. No collusion. Oh, yeah, you don't want to come up with a, you're going to suggest he committed obstruction? No, 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 no. No obstruction. I'm attorney general. I'll decide whether there'll be a prosecution there. No obstruction. And so the left was furious because it was 10 days of the truth out of the Justice Department. So I'm hoping he follows that A-plus performance with significant prosecutions of those who broke the law on Spygate. But we're not going to rely on that because I still believe in that rule of thumb. We're not going to wait for the Justice Department. I mean, if we waited for the Justice Department to do anything, we wouldn't know anything. We wouldn't know about FISAgate. We wouldn't know about Spygate. We wouldn't know about the Clinton emails. Judicial Watch provided that. We wouldn't know about the IRS scandal, the Benghazi scandal, Fast and Furious. The Justice Department has been the center of the storm in virtually every major political scandal in recent memory. 
Why would we rely on that agency? So what Judicial Watch has, we've done, we do our Freedom of Information Act lawsuits. And you're going to bear with me here, because, but I think you're going to be really interested to know what we're doing. We have 43 lawsuits by my count. It's not a perfect count. Trying to get at this deep state conspiracy targeting President Trump. So as everyone says, we've got to investigate the investigators. Well, that's all well and good. We've been doing it since the beginning. As I say, with 43 lawsuits that are active, some have stopped, meaning we filed it, we got documents, or we didn't get the documents, and we had to stop the lawsuit. So I'm going to go through the lawsuits with you. So I have here a list of the lawsuits. It's a handy document that we have to help us track our litigation. So we have about, I would say we have about 95 to 100 lawsuits active at any one time. As I say, there's nothing like Judicial Watch, not only in the country, but in the world, in terms of groups hold, dedicated to holding a government accountable to the rule of law. And we do this through the transparency law, mostly under the Freedom of Information Act. We have a lawsuit against the Energy Department for, and this goes to uh, the, attorney, the Trump attorney, Michael Cohen, no longer Trump attorney, because he was trying to sell his wares, suggesting he could influence Energy Department decisions. In fact, he probably wasn't doing the work, so we want to know what's going on there. A lawsuit against the FBI, challenging the FBI's policy that text messages not be records managed. Oh my gosh, this is going to take a long time because each of these lawsuits is going to drive me crazy in terms of reminding me of other outrages. The FBI is taking the position that you can't see their text messages. So we're suing, for, well, I'll tell you, we're suing for the various text messages that I'll discuss, but they don't believe they should have to produce the records to us. They're hiding all the text messages. So we're challenging that fundamental decision. In-ray transcripts of FISA court hearings on Carter Page. Again, we're trying to figure out if there are hearings. Now, the Justice Department has told us there are no hearings, but we're still uh, litigating that with the court. Plus, were there other FISA transcripts? We assume Carter Page is the only FISA court, uh, FISA uh, spy warrant targeting Team Trump. I don't believe that to be the case. I know we asked for FISA warrants targeting General Flynn, and we have confirmed in the Mueller report they were investigating him even before the fraud investigation, the ambush interviews that led to his pleading guilty to lying. Were, there FISA, were they spying on him beforehand? Well, that's why we had the FISA request out on that, or FOIA request on that, and they told us they can't confirm or deny it one way or another. Lawsuit against the Justice Department. So the Justice Department, as I said, is the center of the storm. So most of these 43 lawsuits are against the Justice Department. FOIA lawsuit for, for emails sent or received by Acting Attorney General Sally Yates on her email account between the time of January 21st and 31st, 2017. Remember, she was only Acting Attorney General for 10 days before Trump fired her. This lawsuit also already resulted in a smoking gun, Andrew Weissman, Mueller's number two, sent Gates an email during this time period that was forced out by this lawsuit praising her for thwarting President Trump's travel ban. 
Justice Department FOIA lawsuit against, again, against the Justice Department for records of communications, meetings, or payments to former UK intelligence officer Christopher Steele, Orbis Business Intel. So the Steele dossier. Again, it's this lawsuit that exposed that Christopher Steele met with the FBI 13 times in 2016 and was paid 11 times before he was, quote, fired by the FBI just before the election. Yes, the FBI was paying Christopher Steele the same time Hillary Clinton was. It was a joint operation against President Trump. This lawsuit is ongoing. Lawsuit against um, the FBI. It's, it's, it's titled against the Justice Department. It's weird. If you want to get FBI documents, you have to sue the Justice Department. The FBI would like you all to believe they're their separate little agency that can do whatever it's want, it wants and isn't answerable to anyone, when in point in fact, it's a creature of the Justice Department. We're suing for the FBI records about FBI Supervisor Peter Strzok. We've gotten documents there. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for FBI records of communications between Strzok, Page, and the travel records of Strzok and Page. So we're getting documents there, and we've had various um, disclosures as a result. Again, that Congress hasn't gotten or the media haven't gotten. Let me put on my glasses here. That don't really help as much as they should. Uh, Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for FBI records about the FISA applications and related records regarding FBI's investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 elections. So we're still waiting. And the president this week has suggested he'll declassify more records. Hopefully that's part of this. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for the FBI archives of Comey records compiled after Comey's resignation. So remember, he left, he took those records illegally, the memos about President Trump's meetings with him, supposedly. But there are other records he had, and we want to know what those records are. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for records of communications between Bruce Orr and Christopher Steele and Orr's travel records and calendar entries. This is a big lawsuit. We just uncovered 60 communications between Orr, whose wife Nellie worked for Fusion GPS, and Christopher Steele and Glenn Simpson. So even after Steele was fired by the FBI, Orr was communicating with him repeatedly in 2017. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for records of communications between the Office of Attorney General and Nellie Orr of Fusion GPS. Looks like that case is going to be closed. Looks like they didn't have any records. I think that was against Sessions, so I don't think, uh, to his credit, Sessions wasn't talking to Nellie Orr. Justice Department lawsuit for records about Uranium One. Oh, boy. Talk about your Russia's collusion. Including communications with the AG, DAG, OLC, and National Security Division of DOJ. So the AG's Attorney General, Deputy Attorney General, the Office of Legal Counsel. So we're getting documents there. They're virtually all blacked out. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for FBI communications about the return of the Comey memos. So remember, he stole those records, and the FBI had to get them back. So we want to know about that process. And it's worth remembering that we wouldn't have a Mueller special counsel without, Mueller, uh, without Comey stealing those records and then leaking them in order to get a special counsel appointed. That's what Comey said he did. He didn't say he stole them, but 
that's what he did legally, in my view. Justice Department lawsuit on behalf of Judicial Watch and the Daily Caller News Foundation. So we represent the media as well. Not all the media is bad. For records of meetings or conversations between former FBI Director Comey and President Obama and others. This is a good little lawsuit. So Comey's writing memos about his meetings with Trump. Did he write memos for his meetings with others, like President Obama? Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for communications of correspondence between the DOJ, FBI, and congressional intel committees regarding the Carter Page FISA warrant applications and renewals. This is a leak lawsuit. Were there illegal leaks about that FISA application, which is supposed to be secret, to allies on the Hill who are anti-Trumpers? So we don't just investigate the executive branch, but we figure out ways to use FOIA, which doesn't apply to Congress, to investigate Congress. A Justice Department lawsuit for communications to or from Department of Justice National Security Division Assistant Attorney General John Carlin regarding Flynn, Carter Page, and the Clinton email and Russia investigations. So, senior NSD guy, we want to know what he was up to with the Clinton and Russia investigations. Because I can tell you, I'll pause here. If Attorney General Barr, by the way, is going to investigate the origins of Spygate, he can't do it without investigating the Clinton email cover-up by the Justice Department and the FBI, and frankly, reopening it. If you want to look at what was the motivation to target Trump, as I point out, it was to protect Clinton. So if Barr wants to do a comprehensive investigation, he's got to look at both sides of that coin, that same coin. Russiagate and Clinton email are inextricably linked you can't have one without the other. FOIA lawsuit for text messages to or from Andrew Weissman concerning Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton for Weissman's calendar. We're supposed to get these records soon. Andrew Weissman, the anti-Trumper number two, who, as I said, was supportive of anti-Trumper Sally Yates, the acting attorney general, Obama holdover, who was one of the movers and shakers in targeting Trump and Flynn and as such. Weissman also went to Hillary Clinton's election night party in New York. So he's a pro-Hillary Clinton activist as well. He was number two on Mueller's operation. Again, exhibit, what is that, 75 as to why the Mueller operation was corrupt and conflicted. <sighs> Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for records about the Michael Cohen search warrants, including communications between Special Counsel Mueller, DOJ, and the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York about the warrants. You know, Michael Cohen is not an ethical guy, but this raid should never have happened, and it was corrupt. And the fact that they, they raided the president's lawyers' offices is a radical abuse of power by the Mueller operation. Oh, they say it was the Southern District of New York that did it? No. There were cutouts for Mueller. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for records about Fusion GPS, Nellie Orr, and or Christopher Steele, including communications with Bruce Orr, Fusion GPS, Nellie Orr, and Christopher Steele. So a broader lawsuit for those records. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for FBI 302s of Bruce Orr interviews. Now, these are the emails. This is, this is, a, big, this is a big issue because Bruce Orr... This is, uh, Steele was cut out from the FBI, but then they used Bruce Orr to get information from him in 2017 
in this dishonest way. So Orr would communicate with Steele, go back and tell the FBI what he said. And these are the records of those communications. The Justice Department has refused to turn them over to Congress. This is a key issue that needs to be disclosed by the president when he talks about declassifying and disclosing these records. This is the group of records that we need. What Clinton, what the Clinton gang was telling the DOJ to get Trump, that's in these records. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for expenses and logs of special counsel Robert Mueller's security detail. Basic oversight of Robert Mueller being done by Judicial Watch and not by Congress. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for records of meetings between former FBI General Counsel James Baker and attorneys from Perkins Coie, Coie? C-O-I-E, I was 17 pronunciations of that, the Democratic National Committee's private law firm and Hillary Clinton's during 2016. They were the cutout to pay off Fusion GPS. You had Hillary Clinton's lawyer and the DNC's lawyer working with the general counsel to target President Trump, general counsel for the FBI. Extraordinary abuse. Nixon wouldn't have dreamed of anything like this. We're suing for the details. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for records of communications between former general counsel James Baker and Christopher Steele, Glenn Simpson, Nellie Orr, and David Korn. David Korn is the nation reporter that was a vehicle to put out this smear dossier. Again, top FBI lawyer involved in this. It's unusual for top leadership of the FBI to be involved, to be involved in any investigations, let alone having these types of meetings. Of course, they've ignored our request, so we sued. FOIA lawsuit, again, Justice Department seeking records related to Andrew McCabe and any discussions invoking the 25th Amendment. We want to know about that coup discussion. Similarly, FOIA lawsuit against DOJ seeking records of communications to Attorney General Rod Rosenstein between May 8th, 2017 and May 22nd, 2017. That's the, those seven days in May. It's not, no, it's literally not seven. That's the famous movie when he had the coup discussions. When he was talking about wearing a wire in the Oval Office and appointing Mueller. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit seeking records related to proposed declassification of certain Department of Justice records as ordered by President Trump. Remember, President Trump ordered the declassification of these records and then he backed off. I want to know how that happened. Was the deep state lying to him? Feeding him a load of you-know-what? Justice Department FOIA lawsuit seeking records of communications between the FBI and Christopher Steele and any other representatives or employee of Orbis Business Intelligence. Orbis is Steele's company. I mean, we've asked for these records six ways to Sunday. We're getting the runaround. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit seeking records of communications between the former FBI general counsel and uh, Department of Justice... Um, and, and Perkins Coy, Michael Sussman. So we've got a more specific lawsuit because we know that Michael Sussman, who was this lawyer for the DNC and Hillary Clinton, met specifically with Baker. He testified as much. FOIA lawsuit seeking FBI's and DOJ's communications regarding Russian involvement in the 2016 U.S. presidential campaign. So that's self-evident what we want there. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for FBI and special counsel's records about this January 25th, 2019 arrest of former Trump campaign advisor Roger Stone. Oh, what's that about? Well, we want to know about that abusive raid of Roger Stone's home that led to his, and he was arrested too. 
again, another Mueller abuse that we're providing oversight on that no one else is. Let's see. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for communications and calendars of DOJ official Lisa Hoyton regarding Russia, Trump, and the Clinton email investigation. Now, we haven't even publicly disclosed this lawsuit yet. But Holton was, I think, working with, she was a top DOJ person in a position to be communicating with these people. So there's a reason we're asking for her communications. Justice Department FOIA lawsuit for records related to the 2017, April, April 2017 meeting between DOJ, FBI, and Associated Press personnel. Oh, yes. An infamous meeting about Manafort, at which I think the AP was providing tips to the DOJ. You know who was at that meeting? Andrew Weissman, Mueller's number two. I tell you, I know I'm president of Judicial Watch, but I love Judicial Watch. I mean, who else is doing all of this? It's just remarkable. This is why I wanted to, that's why I'm taking this time to read it for you. So I, I, you need to know someone is watching the store for you. Lawsuit against the Office of Director of National Intelligence. FOIA lawsuit for records of communications between officials in the Office of Director of National Intelligence and CNN. Oh, yes, the CNN leaks. Again, another lawsuit against the Office of Director of National Intelligence. For records regarding a meeting between ICIG officials and Strzok about the security threats of Hillary's private email server. Oh, yeah, this is an important one. This, what is this about? Remember, the ICIG, the Intelligence Inspector General for the Intelligence Community, figured out that some, the Chinese essentially had planted something on Hillary's email server that allowed them to get a copy of every email that was, she was sending or receiving, I think. And they told Peter Strzok about this, but as you know, he was too interested in pursuing his insurance policy against President Trump. And this is another interesting lawsuit, Office of the Maryland Attorney General. It's a, filed a request in the state of Maryland over their efforts to kick out Matt Whitaker as acting Attorney General. Why is this important? Well, it just shows you they were afraid of having someone other than Rod Rosenstein or having anyone other than Rod Rosenstein police the Mueller investigation. And i got to say this, and I'm going to close with this because I don't think it's been pointed out. You know, Sessions made terrible mistakes in recusing himself. He failed to investigate the Clinton email investigation, and people don't remember this, but his Justice Department refused also to open up, open up or reopen the IRS investigation of Hillary Clinton, of, of uh, Lois Lerner, Lerner and company. So President Trump fired Sessions, I think, the day after the election, and then Attorney General Barr was nominated and, com and confirmed. And I'm convinced that it was only that firing that resulted in the end of the Mueller investigation. Because I think if Sessions was still Attorney General, Mueller probably would have continued to, con to harass President Trump. So uh, that's, I think, something worth considering. So I, I've laid out quite comprehensively, if you've been able to sit through it all, I think it's all great, I think it's really interesting. And I think you have been able to sit through it all, and what I want you to do is get the word out about all this work. 
that you don't have to worry about Congress, you don't have to worry about the Justice Department, that Judicial Watch is on it. There, there is a way out, because I know it seems the question I get all the time is, will anyone go to jail? Will anyone be held accountable? Now, we literally can't put someone in jail. I mean, we're Judicial Watch. We're a nonprofit. We're not prosecutors. But I can tell you one thing. No one is going to go to jail. No one is going to be prosecuted if they hide all the smoking guns. And Judicial Watch, by disclosing this information, increases, obviously, the goal uh, increases the public's understanding of what's going on. Fundamentally, we're an educational organization. We're an educational foundation. So we're educating you about what's happening in the government so that the government can't escape what it's supposed to be doing, we hope, which is upholding the rule of law. So I want to thank you for allowing us to do this work on your behalf. And I want to thank you for supporting our efforts, because our lawyers do all this work. Each of these lawsuits is a result of a Freedom of Information Act request or investigators send out. And of course, then we have all documents start coming in. We got to review and analyze them and then get them out to you, the American people. So those of you who are supporting our work, thank you. And those of you not supporting our work, this is what you're missing. This is why you should be doing it. So with that, a lot going on. Congress is going to continue to harass the president. Uh, but in the meantime, Judicial Watch is investigating the real corruption here in Washington, D.C., with your support, of course. So I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate. <laughs>